Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah K Podcast. Welcome back. Um, boy, okay, so we got um we got a lot to get into. I think I think that's kind of um understatement, right? We got some I got some NBA I want to get to, obviously job rant um in that situation and so forth. Uh I've been hearing people's thoughts and opinions. I'm gonna give mine um Simple as that. We're going to talk about John Morant. Obviously, we got some big-time free agency news. The draft coming up. Uh, like, a, like free agency. What I think the period starts, the negotiation period starts March 13th. Um, so, some players have already been franchise tagged. Um, obviously, we got we could talk about Lamar Jackson. We could talk about Aaron Rodgers. We can, we, there's a lot of things we could buckle down on and talk about. So it's going to be not, I'm not going to say this episode is not going to be all over the place, but we do got a lot of, we got some topics, a few topics that we want to hit on. So first and foremost, I'm your uh, esteemed, humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kidd of the Isaiah Kidd podcast. Uh, Welcome back. Um, shouts out to everyone listening. Shouts out to everybody that's been contributing to the pod. Shouts out to everyone. Um, like I said, I think uh, I oh, big thing. I, I've been playing with it, testing with it. Spotify has a new video element, so I'm gonna um, I've been talking about these quarterbacks and uh, for the draft, I probably I, I'm gonna try to upload some film on the video setting on spotify so if you are a spotify listener or if you listen to my podcast on spotify there should be a video element to where uh, you can see where i evaluate these quarterbacks so i think that should be pretty cool another another level of that but i think the gist of that is you got to be a spotify premium member so keep that in mind um, but shouts out to everyone that is listening to the pod. You could have been anywhere else. You could have been listening to anything else. You could have been doing anywhere else. But you're here with me to listen to uh, <laughs> a little bit of my shenanigans. So here we go. So we're going to start with John Morant, right? Let's start with John Morant. And I think people people have been, been trying to like, we're trying to assess where the blame may lie with John Morant, right? People. I'm hearing, oh, it's just all, it's, it's his dad and John, Mar- like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And I think if you, if we're really being honest about this whole thing, I think there's this saying, you're either coaching it or allowing it, right? Like, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a general pop, popular saying that's said by coaches. You're either coaching it or allowing it. And you can just see, at least for myself, you can see the seeds of these behaviors being planted by the Memphis Grizzlies. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but but also the harsh truth, which is the Grizzlies organization as a whole exploited John Morant's upbringing as a tactic to market and lure their urban fan base just to find out that this is probably not a fake persona that Ja is putting on. That's an unpopular opinion, but harsh truth. If we're being honest, the Grizzlies organization, that that the mantra that this team has kind of 
built up these last year and a half, two years, it, it it's exploitation of John Morant and his personality and his upbringing in this it, it, it to Laurel, an urban fan base within Memphis, just only to find out that this may not be a persona. This may be something for real, right? So we can we can assess some blame on the Grizzlies organization. Um, we can assess we can also look at the Grizzlies as they're the youngest team in the NBA where they have no player that is 30 years of age. So there isn't um there isn't a lot of uh, a veteran leadership and, or accountability or someone that can just ring all the guys in within that locker room. Steven Adams is the oldest guy. He's the oldest player in that locker room and he news came out that he had a players only meeting. But so that that in itself, Grizzlies. I heard even Stephen A talk about hey like T. Morant, John Morant's dad. You can blame it on him too if you want. We can all we can just assess blame. But I think the biggest proponents in this situation, in terms of blame pie, it would have to be first John Morant himself, right? And then I think Commissioner Silver. On a lesser degree, but on a wider scale. John Morant first. I think he has to understand, and I'm and he's 23, so he's still a kid. But the Grizzlies, he's a 200 million dollar player. Um, he just unveiled his first Nike signature shoe. There, he is a brand, and you have to consider yourself a brand. And time and time again, it's not just this. It's, it's not the IG live, like the IG live video of him brandishing the gun. That that that's a bad look, right? It's a bad look. It's a bad look. But it's the for for me, it's the breadcrumbs and the evidence and the like the repeat offenses that keep happening. And it it, it seems like it progressively it, it it's like progressively getting worse. Here's the breadcrumbs that he's just he's he leaves a trail, right? And it, it's just it's the Indiana Pacers staff and the laser beam. It's the altercation with the mall cop, and that was like the first incident with the gun. Then a situation that happened, but kind of resurfaced last week was the story of him punching the the kid the 17 year old kid um and then showing a gun and then the ig live video in the ig live video it came after two days after the washington post had kind of like resurfaced that story of him punching the 17 year old kid two days two days after so you would you would imagine like okay like <laughs> john moran's pretty recognizable like um, he's a super like in this instance, he's one of the he could be one of the, the the face of the league, right? So two days after that story, the Washington Post that that resurfaced, he then though he does the, the IG live video. So it's like, and I'm not gonna say stupidity, because it could be it could be just a case of young and ignorance. But boy, that like that that this type of behavior, it we gotta we gotta see. Gotta like look like Johnny looking in the mirror, like 
you have to tell, like, your behavior is just not acceptable. It's just unacceptable. And, like I said, the timeline, like, the, the, the sequential, like, the timeline of breadcrumbs and trail that he leaves is massive. It's not just, like, people, like, the IG Live video and the gun, like, first... I think the the showing of the gun, I always have found that like corny. Whatever, I feel I feel like it's corny, because usually in in certain in certain instances and in communities, if you're showing a gun, you 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 should be prepared to use it, right? Like that that isn't something that is taken lightly. So it's corny when like especially when rappers and like like bat like. In this instance, John Morant, like, I always find it corny because it's like, you're not going to really use it, right? But this is a profession, and you have to be adults. And I, like I said, Morant, Ja, 23 years old, I get it. I mean, fame, the money, I mean, the, all of the, the attention, I get it. It, it. It's it's something that can be hard to manage at such a young age. But at some point within this inner circle, um, the Grizzlies as an organization, they they need to call. I mean, and it seems like they're trying to trying to, but like even the verbiage that's being used, he's gonna step away for a couple of games. Now it's indefinite. Now the NBA is launching an investigation to see if he carried the you know, if he had possession of the weapon on team on a team plane, team bus, team facility, whatever, because if that's the case. He's he's facing up to a fifty game suspension. You can't can't carry weapons onto team planes, whether that be facility, team plane, bus, whatever. You get the gist. You can't do it. So now that investigation is being launched. But even the verbiage, like he's gonna step away and um, he's gonna get help. Like no 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 no. Like he's not he's not he's not like on crack. Like no, it's like <laughs> he. At first, like all of these instances and incidents has something to do with a gun. So it's a gun issue. I mean, something like it's not like the verbiage. I'm just I get really confused on the verbiage that's being like, no, you're not you're not just letting him like you're suspending him for two two games. The Grizzly, you're suspending him for two games. You're not just uh, he's just going to walk away for two games. No, you're suspending him for two games. And now it's his quote-unquote suspension, is indefinite. It's indefinite, and there's no timetable for his return. I think this situation, it is, it's a lot to really unpack, but it's easy to grasp. John Morant got to look in the mirror and see, and, and we can we can all help him and support him, but in supporting him, we also have to got a critique we got a critique and we got to say what's right and what's wrong because like a lot i'm sure a lot of like sure a lot of owners a lot of people around the league looking at john moran they're like well this must be like the norm for a lot of the young guys and that's not true a lot of these guys even the younger guys they look at themselves as brands they take themselves seriously they don't find themselves in situations like this and that's what's so for that like i said in my perspective, for my perspective, 
that's what this whole situation it's very just um like i said i don't want to say stupid but stupid and insane because time and time again it's this it's similar situations where i hear about a gun i hear about instances of like time and time again coaching like the pacers coaching staff the mall cop the the punching like him punching the the 17 year old kid and then the ig live video it it all comes together it was it, it just all comes together and it's like a massive train wreck and the train got off the rails train still going couldn't get stop the brakes and, and and then that happens that happens crazy all right so um i didn't want to um i hope i didn't spend too much time on that i feel like it's been widely discussed and we can move on to the NFL um, and some of the quarterback moves or quarterback um, quarterback moves that's been made so far, right? In terms of Derek Carr going to the Saints, um, Daniel Jones getting the contract uh, or re-signing with the Giants, Lamar Jackson's non-exclusive franchise tag that's worth thirty-two million dollars, right? So let and we'll just start with Derek Carr. Here's my thing. Um, With Derek Carr, I thought the Saints move made sense. And I would consider myself a Derek Carr supporter. Um, He's good, not great. Good, not elite. Um, I think in most people's eyes, he's probably a top 12, top 13 quarterback. So he's like a top fourth quarterback in this league. Like, if you know, out of the 32, he's within the top 12, 13. I think that range is appropriate for him. Um, and always like think of it like this: Derek Carr going to the Saints in new situations, whether it's um, think about it like a think of as if you are a parent and you're taking your kid out of a particular school and you're putting them in a quote unquote. If you you want to put them, you're trying to attempt to put them in a better school, what do you do? You simply look for things that wasn't provided in the last school for the next school. It's just like a, a relationship or like a, a divorce. If you, once you leave one relationship, you simply look for things that was not provided in last for your next relationship. And with Derek Carr in the Saints situation, that's what that's what you're getting here. You're getting a you're getting Derek Carr time and time again. Defensively, the Raiders were not good. Since Derek Carr has been drafted, the guess, guess where the Raiders rank in defense since Derek Carr was drafted? 32nd, dead last. The Saints over the last three years. They've been a top 10 defense. This past year, they had a top five defense. Ask Tom Brady how good that defense is. The moment he walked into that division and the moment he left that division, the Saints defense was really, really good. So that's what you're getting, an upgrade defensively. Also, you look at the front office. It's night and day between the between the Saints 
and the Raiders. The Raiders, I think he had nine head, nine different head coaches. I think three or four GMs. The front office was always unstable and just had no type of cohesion or consistency to it. And then you look at the Saints with Mickey Loomis, there's consistency. There's been they have had some really, really good drafts over the past, I would say, seven to eight years. Not a lot of teams can say that they draft better or as good as the New Orleans Saints. Where you look at the Raiders, it was the complete opposite. The Raiders, the la- their last six first-round draft picks, five of them are not even on the team anymore. So the Raiders had a lot of miss, had a lot of misses and a lot of whiffs in terms of their in terms of their drafting. Josh Jacobs is the only guy, is the only first rounder in the last six years that the Raiders have drafted that has been that has remained on their roster. All the other the other five guys that they drafted in the first round the last six years, they're not even on the roster. They're not even on the roster. And there's miss after miss after miss. So you like in a new situation, they the the Saints. They simply provide things that the Raiders could never in Derek's car stint. And that's what you look for in a new situation, in an attempt. Like, like I said, if you're a parent and you are attempting to put your kid in a better school, well, what do you do? You simply look for things that old that, that the old school could not provide that the new school can in a relationship. In a divorce, you leave a certain relationship because think certain things couldn't be provided. Now, in new said relationship, you look for th- you look for those things. You have those things, and with Derek Carr and the Saints, I think it makes sense. And looking at it, the Saints is not a bad deal. He gets, I mean, essentially, he gets uh, sixty million over two. And then seventy million over three, and then that fourth year. I mean, who knows? Maybe he gets the other thirty million. But like, that's what you have. Also, Derek Carr has a relationship with Dennis Allen. That matters. That matters. Derek Carr has a relationship with Dennis Allen, so there's some familiarity with there, right there. And then also look at this. At this moment, present day. Derek Carr is by far the best quarterback in the NFC South. Compared to if you compare that to the AFC West, where you have Patrick Mahomes, who and they're not going like Kansas City's not going nowhere. You got Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They Justin Herbert is a baller. Um, and then now you have Sean Payton with Russell Wilson. So you could just look at the quarterback coaching tandems in the AFC West. It was probably never going to work. And you look at the NFC South, by far, he is the best and the most proven quarterback in the NFC South, and it's not even close. It's not even close. So you look at this, you look at you look at the, uh, the, 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 the move for Derek Carr to the Saints. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. 
things that the Saints provide, a lot of their guys, a lot of their stars are veteran stars. They've been in this league. They've been they and 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 granted, the Saints over the past few years, they have been mediocre. And a lot of that has to do with said quarterback play. Like their quarterback play has been inconsistent. They haven't been able to find their replacement for Drew Brees. Like they just they have struggled with that. So yeah, they're gonna have a great defense, but great de- in, in today's game, we all know you can have a great defense, but if offensively you can't put you just can't put points together consistently on a weekly basis, it's going to be really, really hard to be a good football team. So I do think the Saints, they have been mediocre. Um, I think it's fair to criticize Dennis Allen a little bit last year in terms of his coaching. And I also think the Saints also, they, they've been feasting off of this 2017 draft that they had because they had a great 2017 draft. But they've been feasting on it. And, you know, so hopefully they make strides. But this is a this is definitely a better um, situation and a situation that has more upside than the Raiders ever had, like by far, like by by far. It's been well documented how I talk about the Raiders um, over the past few years. I think. Their roster, there's a there's an imbalance in terms of the talent proportion. I think I felt like over the past, especially like you can argue his whole tender, but over the past like two three years, the talent was it was so heavy offense and offense. They like they had very little talent and premium players on defense. So the talent uh, proportion in terms of it's it's spread out um, a lot properly. Um, a lot more equally in New Orleans. You got you got Kamara, you got a good offensive line. Um, you got Michael Thomas, you got Jarvis Landry, you got Chris Olave, and you got some guy, you got some really good studs on defense. Like you couldn't ask for a better situation if you're Derek Carr or and, and the Saints. I, I feel like it's a win-win. The the contract, the money is not that bad. Um Carr is the best quarterback by far in the division, and Derek Carr gets by far the best defense and best front office that he's ever had in his career. Win-win for both sides. Um, let's go to Mar- Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson he signed, um, he signed a non-exclusive. Well, he didn't sign it, but the Ravens gave him. They're giving him the option of the non-exclusive. A franchise tag that is worth one year and thirty-two million dollars. So let's just shift gears to Lamar Jackson, um, and him getting he's the Ravens. They're giving him the non-exclusive franchise tag that's worth one year to um thirty-two million dollars. And this this franchise this this is a unique franchise tag because he can not only can he negotiate with any team around the league, but from this time period, from now all the way up to week ten of neck of this upcoming NFL season, that's how long he has to actually sign this this actual deal. So it's it's a pretty unique franchise tag. Now here's the thing: it is, and with that, with the implications behind that, obviously, um, any team around the league that Lamar chooses to negotiate with, they can they can offer him the money, the deal that he wants. And the Ravens will have the opportunity to match it. If they match it, obviously we knows what ha- we know what happens. And then 
if they don't choose to mat, uh, match the deal, uh, the team has to give up two first round picks. Cool. Um, and it, it, this is this is an this is like a, this is certainly a, an incredible wild gamble that the Ravens are taking, right? Incredible. But I saw JJ Watt's tweet, and it's a tweet that it, it like JJ Watt's like, okay, Lamar Jackson's a former league MVP, and teams are opting out, and there's no long like his market is thin. His market is thinning out. And and JJ Watt just like he was asking, what is he missing? And my response to that and to and to similar comments like that is, well, you're not necessarily missing anything, but Lamar Jackson is, and that's football games. Over the last two years, Lamar Jackson has missed 15 football games. He's missed 15 games, and over the last 22 Ravens games, he's missed the last 10. So that's nearly almost, he's missed the last 22 games, he's missed nearly half of the Ravens games. So over the last two years, he's been nicked and knacked. And if you look at his play style, his play style coincides with these injuries and with the injury history. I think also, if you take into account the Deshaun the, the Watson deal, he got $250 million guaranteed. Owners didn't like that deal. Because now that deal kind of sets a precedent, and uh, given Deshaun Watson before Deshaun Watson, you know, we all know the the the, the off the field issues that he's had, but Lamar Jackson, Deshaun, like Lamar's won the MVP, Deshaun hasn't. But regardless, Deshaun has had injuries as well, but that's a precedent that owners like owners hate that deal. The owners around the league hate the fact that the Browns even offered a deal like that to Deshaun Watson, especially giving what he had going on off the field. So it sets a bra- it sets a bad precedent. So it's going to be awfully, awfully difficult for with, in, with Lamar Jackson to get like to get what he's seeking, which is reportedly, given the fact that the Ravens have like they have offered and they've you know they've gave. Uh, Lamar Jackson, this non-exclusive franchise tag, given the fact that they did that, that tells you all you need to know. That tells you that whatever Lamar Jackson is requesting in terms of guaranteed money and whatever the Ravens are offering, they're far apart. And reportedly, it's $100 million apart. Like, they're, they're, the negotiations in terms of guaranteed dollars is probably issue. And given the fact that they gave him the non-exclusive franchise tag, that probably te- that that should tell you everything you need to know. That they're far in part in terms of negotiating, but many people probably see Lamar Jackson no longer as a ascending quarterback. Granted, yes, he's won seventy-five percent of his starts. I and, and and get this, I'm a Lamar support. I'm a I'm a Lamar supporter. I support Lamar. At times when people banged on him and so forth, and it, it, like I'm a I'm a Lamar supporter. I understand the fact that he's won a league MVP. I understand the fact that I think in Baltimore he does more with less compared to other quarterbacks. I understand the fact that he wins seventy five percent of his games that he plays in. But this is a league of what have you done for me lately? And over the last two years. 
last two years, Lamar Jackson has missed 15 games and missed 10 out of the last 22 Raven games. That's nearly half. And I always say the best ability is availability. So, like, and, and this is the thing in sports where it's like, it, it, it is a, okay, like, just because I don't want to give Lamar Jackson $200 million guaranteed or $230 million guaranteed, just because I don't want to do that, that means you don't like him. That means you just, you don't want him to be your quarterback. No, like, from a business aspect, a business acclimate, right, I, like, I can like someone. Do you like Lamar Jackson? Yes. Do you want him to be the quarterback of your football team? Yes. Would you pay him $200 million guaranteed? Mm, probably not. Would you pay him $230 million guaranteed? Mm, probably not. Oh, but then you don't like him. Like, no. Like, like in sports, like in terms of these, like, contract negotiations, like, it's like, do you like, like, just because I won't give him $200 million guaranteed doesn't mean I don't want him to be my quarterback. And... You can say, oh, that's what the market demands. Well, that's that would that may be what the market demands, but I'm looking at a guy in Deshaun Watson. That is the worst contract in sports. I mean, it's probably the worst contract in the NFL, but it's probably like it's probably the worst contract in sports. A $250 million guaranteed to a guy who like has baggage off the field, right? Coming in with baggage off the field. He's had he's been he's been hurt, right? And also, like he, like there's, like there's people that skeptical if whether or not, like questioning if he's elite or not. And we had that same thing with Lamar, and Lamar has accomplished more. So, like, it's a weird. um, Two things can be true. Like, could this be? Could 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 Lamar find this insulting that the Ravens that the Ravens are pulling such a move like this? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think this is also like the downside to Lamar and his mom representing him. Like, I love my mom to death. Um, but she just like she just don't I'm sure Lamar loves his mom, but she doesn't have the same or even nearly the like similar connections that a big time corporation or a big time agent would have around league circles that like that. So that's a disadvantage. And usually in these contract negotiation talks, the team talks to your agent, the team may say something and your agent is able to butter it up for you. So it sounds a lot better than what it actually did. But when your team, when you're negotiating for yourself and the team actually has to break the, the news to you, like, yeah. So like, we like you, but, um, we're going to just let you test the market and see. Like, like the Ravens, they like him. They like Lamar Jackson. But they also are willing to let him test the market and see what he's actually worth. And then we'll get the real answer. But, like, the Ravens are telling him, like, yeah, this is why we can't meet you at your number. And that can be a bit harsh. So I think two things can be true. I think... Lamar Jackson can feel a bit alienated um, and a little insulted by the Ravens in their actions at, 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 I mean, at this point. But 
Also, the Ravens, I quite understand why they want they don't want to go down the rabbit hole of two hundred and two hundred million dollars guaranteed, two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed, whatever that total may be. But as I said, given the situation, it tells me all I need to know in terms of the Ravens are headstrong on their point, on their number, and Lamar seems headstrong on his number and it seems like they're far apart in terms of guaranteed dollars that's what it seems like but the best ability is availability this is a league of what have you done for me lately the last two years i mean hell look at lamar jackson's you don't even want to if you last 15 starts lamar jackson has an 85 passer rating Last two years, he's missed 15 games. Like, and the league is moving towards, um, I like Lamar, like, like Lamar Jackson's style of play and just the evolution of quarterbacks. Teams are going to be rolling the dice on guys that can move but with them being agile and having that ability to escape the pocket, you're taking a chance of them usually being smaller guys. And with them being smaller guys and taking in this sport that they play in, they can be susceptible to injury. And that's what you're seeing with Lamar. And I know some of you guys were like, oh, Josh Allen, he runs and he Josh Allen is 6'6, 250 pounds. Cam Newton was 6'5", 6'6", 250 pounds. Ben Roethlisberger was 6'4", 240, 6'4", 6'5", 240 pounds. So they got paid because they're bigger quarterbacks. But a lot of the quarterbacks that we're seeing now that display this ability to be quote-unquote dual threats, they are looked at as small on the smaller end in slight, i.e., Bryce Young. Bryce Young is really, really dynamic. He, I think, in this year's draft is the best quarterback in this year's draft, but there's question marks. There's cause for concern. There's a cause for pause because of his size. He's 5'10", 195 pounds, soaking wet. That 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 don't sound like um that doesn't sound like a guy that's gonna be playing quarterback the way he plays quarterback for 15 to 20 years. It just doesn't. Lamar Jackson, similar instance. Not as small as Bryce Young, but he is seen at he's seen on the slider end where Lamar Jackson, him playing 15, 17, 20 seasons seems unlikely given the play style. That's all. That, that like that's that's what it is. That's what it is. I don't like I think we get too caught up in the negotiations like okay yes I like this player yes we can acknowledge Lamar Jackson is amazing phenomenal I think the Ravens know that I think they know that are they willing to pay him 230 million dollars guaranteed uh, no would I uh, probably not I probably wouldn't pay anybody outside of Patrick Mahomes 230 million dollars guaranteed that's just my that is just my preference. That's my thoughts. Just because I wouldn't pay Lamar Jackson 230 million dollars guaranteed 
does not mean I don't like him. Or does not mean I don't want him to be my quarterback. No, I want him to be my quarterback. I want him to be my quarterback. Do I want to pay him $230, $200 million guaranteed? Like it, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a damn you do, damn you don't, and I, I feel for both sides. I feel for Lamar because I'm sure he's a, he's a great guy. He's worked really hard. He's proved he's had a lot of naysayers, and he's proven to like, proven to be pretty damn good. Two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed, good. Mm, I don't think so. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And I know there's gonna be some pushback. I know there's going to be pushback, but some of these deals, you look at the Deshaun Watson deal, it's not a great deal. It's not a great deal. The Browns will soon want to move off that deal. They that like that they they but they can't because that deal is a bad deal. All right, before I let you guys go, um, <clears throat> I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and we've been for the last two, three off seasons since the Jordan Love drafting. Since the drafting of Jordan Love, we have been each and every off season. There's just been this wavering, dark cloud of questions and just unpredictability and the unknown swirling around Green Bay. And the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, and does he still wants to play? Does he wants to play for the Packers? Does he wants to play? Does he want to play somewhere else? And I think I was listening. I got these three clips. My uh, I got three clips chopped out for you guys that I want you guys to listen to, and I'm a I'm a play them, and I'm gonna break them down, and I'm gonna explain why I think the Packers. This is. I think the Packers are done with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, like I'm, I'm just gonna explain it. This is, and this is what it is. So I'm gonna play these three clips. Um, this is Packers GM Brian Gutenkunz talking about um the Packers quarterback situation, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or uh so forth. All right, so here is Brian Gutenkunz talking about Aaron Rodgers. Some contact back and forth. Um, obviously, he's, he's had some things on his plate, uh, but hopefully those things will happen soon. Do you want him back as the quarterback of the Packers? Yeah, I think, you know, th- those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. But um, obviously, we know the kind of player that Aaron is. And, um, you know, once we had those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. I'm going to play that. I'm, I'm going to play that back one more time. Really no update. Yeah, there's been some contact back and forth. Um, obviously, he's, he's had some things on his plate, uh, but hopefully those things will happen soon. Do you want him back as the quarterback of the Packers? Yeah, I think you know th- those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. But um, obviously, we know the kind of player that Aaron is. And, um, you know, once we had those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward. Okay, so that's just that's one clip. Um, and I'm a, let's let's break that one down. So they ask him, okay, do you want do you want Aaron Rodgers to come back as your quarterback? And he's like, oh, I mean, yeah, we just had to make sure it's the right fit. And I think at that point he's talking about um, Rodgers and his body language. Aaron's – I've talked about it for some time now, but over the past few years, this season, it was quite apparent because of the Packers' struggles in terms of the win-loss uh, column. Uh, Rogers' body language was it has been awful. It's never been great. 
but it's it's definitely gotten worse. Um, so like I think he's talking about he's pointing towards terms like fit, like a young roster, young pieces. Um, I think he's also alluding to like, hey, like if you're gonna really be in, like can you uh, can you appear to training camp? Can you come to like can you come to camp and in, in a in a good state? I think it's also that. But then like you think like you actually hear what Brian Gunkunz is saying. It is ultimately it's it's like this. If it's I always say it, if it's not a uh if it's not a definite yes, then it's a like if it's not a un, unequivocally yes, we want Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback next year. Absolutely. If it's not a definite yes, unequivocally yes, then it's probably like a, a a truthfully no, like a truthful no, a harsh truth no, because that's what it is. It, it, it like like the I think the Packers they know how good Aaron Rodgers is. I think at this point, I think Jordan Love like they and I'm in the clip I'm gonna play. Brian Gunn is gonna say Jordan Love is ready to play. Even if Jordan Love is ready to play, and even if Jordan Love is a pretty good quarterback, I would still beg to differ that Aaron Rodgers gives the Packers a better chance at winning more games this year. And I think he ha- you have a higher ceiling as a team with Rodgers as your quarterback. But the mere fact that Goodenkins couldn't give you an absolute yes, we want Aaron Rodgers back as our quarterback, we're going to have him back as our quarterback, Tells you all you need to know. It's that I always tell you guys. It's that one guy that's been a really late. Like I'm talking about, like a like a, a grown man. Like it's that one guy that's been dating the same person, the same girl for one year, and somebody asks him, like, "Okay, so like, are you gonna marry her?" And it's like, um, well, I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, oh, I don't know. Like I'm trying to like it's that it's that guy. It's we all we we know that guy or we've seen that guy that's like that has a stringers relationships and you know you ask him he he's been dating this girl for one year you ask him like okay so you gonna marry her and it's like um I mean it's a it, it they like either they don't have enough to say like no or like they're not gonna say yes even though it like if you are it should be a definite yes but if it's not a definite yes then it's probably a no and they just probably ride it out until it's like evident like they're not like this isn't going anywhere right that's what that sounds like sounds like that guy that you ask you gonna marry is like oh I mean uh, I don't know if the time is right uh, like that if it's not a definite yes, it's probably a harsh truth no, right? Okay, I'm going to play the uh, the other clip, the second clip that I have of Brian Gunkunz talking about Aaron Rodgers um, and this situation. Is this a hypothetical, or is Jordan Love ready to be an NFL starting quarterback? Yeah, I think he's ready to play, and I think he's ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. He's worked really hard. He's shown a lot of progression. Uh, I know he's really eager to have that, and I think that's the next step in his progression is, is to play. Do you hear the tone that like that like the tone differences when they ask about Jordan Love? Is Jordan Love ready to play? He said yes. Like he 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 did it with a certain quickness and a, a, a there was a quickness and an absolute to answering the question. Whereas the last question is like, do you want Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? And he's like, um, 
I mean, yeah, we know Aaron Rodgers is good, but he, he we got to make sure. But then with Jordan Love, it's yeah, like it was a it was it was a certain quickness and an absolute to the answer to the question and the answer, and it was just absolute. It came off the tongue, and part of it for Brian Goodenkunz is um, it's like a confirmation bias because they drafted. That's Jordan. That's his project. He drafted. He took a chance on Jordan Love. Rodgers, a couple years back, coming off a down year, it seemed as if Rodgers made – they thought the, that Rodgers was probably trending downward. Um, and they'll take a guy in Jordan Love that may be a year or two years away from actually playing. But I think as part of it is like confirmation bias where, like, Gunkunz want to see – he wants to see the fruit of his labor, per se. He wants to see the fruit of his labor. He wants to reap the benefits of it. And it's it. there's some confirmation bias of, okay, yeah, Jordan Love is ready to play. Absolutely. It was a certain quickness and absolute to the question uh, in, in the way he answered the question. Here's go the last clip uh, of uh, Brian Gunkins, um talking about Aaron Rodgers. I think it's now – it's talking about Aaron Rodgers. He, 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 I play it. Fatigue about this in the offseason, the quarterback situation? No, I think it's it's part of my job, you know, so and this is obviously a big topic that uh, our fans and then people want to know about. So it's um, it really, you know, at, at the same time, certainly there'll be other discussions we'd love to have, but um, it, it doesn't fatigue me. It's just um, uh, it's been pretty constant for a long time now. Yeah, and even in that answer, it's like, OK, like, you know. You get fatigued and he, you know, the answer is like, oh, I mean. It's a part of the job. It's like you when you ask someone like, "Do you like your job?" It's like, I mean, uh, it's okay. It's okay. It pays. It it's that type of thing. It's that ordeal. And th- these signs, it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, do I like talking about Aaron Rodgers? Like these things where you like the questions that's being presented. It's like, do you want Aaron Rodgers back? It's like, yes, absolutely. Aaron Rodgers, he's the best quarterback in football. And we love to have him here back in green Bay because he gives us the best chance to win at the high. That's, that's what you would say. If you really want somebody back, it asks, if you, are you fatigued about the job in terms of the quarterback speculation? And it's like, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, shit. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's a part of the job. No, 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 no. If you really want Aaron, Aaron Rodgers back, you don't just say it's a part of the job. You don't answer the question. So the, the your answer is not so nonchalant. It's like, no, I mean, I, it's a part. Of, like, do I get fatigued? No. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We want him back. He's the best quarterback in Packers history. And once again, we want Aaron Rodgers back because he gives us the best chance. Jordan Love, yes, he can play. But Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great. That's what you would say if you want Aaron Rodgers back. But even from the first clip of the, that I that I let you guys listen to, Brian Gunkins couldn't give you a definite, unequivocally like an unequivocal like answer in terms of yes. It was. I mean, yeah, yeah. So just hearing that. Hearing those answers to those questions and then also looking at the context of the situation in terms of this Packers organization where Rodgers is damn expensive, Rodgers' attitude, his body language, 
and just the way how he has gone about certain things over the past three, four years since Jordan Love has been drafted, take that into account. And also take into account that Brian Goodenkunst, I would say, he like he has some type of confirmation bias about Jordan Love and him panning out. You take all of that and you tell me if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers this upcoming season. My guess, no. My guess is that it seems as if the Packers are kind of done with Aaron Rodgers. It's like, yeah, he's good, but man, he comes with a lot of baggage. He comes with a he comes with a lot of baggage. And you just if you're if if you've been like we've been following this whole situation for now, what, three off seasons, three years. We've been following it in year by year. Progressively, I felt as if the Packers have gotten much more. They have become more and more frustrated with Rodgers and his actions and how he goes about things. So now you have a team like the Jets who are pursuing Aaron Rodgers heavily. My assumption, I assume, my prediction, Aaron Rodgers probably won't be the Packers quarterback next year. Could I be wrong? Yeah. Could I be reading into it too much? Mm, Maybe. But the answers to those questions, the answers that Brian Gunkutz gave us, it seemed as if, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is good. He's great, uh, but... Uh, we got to see if he's the right fit. Is Jordan Love ready to play? Uh, yeah, Jordan Love is absolutely ready to play. Um, that's the next step in his terms in terms of his progression is him playing. You ever get fatigued about talking about the quarterback situation? Uh, I mean, a little bit, I guess, but it's a part of the job. And so, like, <laughs> you take those answers, you put two and two together, you let me know what you get. You let me know what you get, but that's my take. It seems as if the Packers are done with Aaron Rodgers. They're kind of fed up, and it seems as if it's it's best if that, it's best that both sides move on. It's best that both sides move on because it's getting a little uh, a little touchy. Aaron is very salty and can't really seem to get over himself. So that's that. Um, <clears throat> I think. Um, I think that's gonna be it. I think I'm gonna wrap it up right here. Uh, I, I also, I, I mean, we can do draft stuff, but mm, draft is next month. We have a whole month of draft talk and so forth. So, uh, I'm gonna let you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed uh this episode, this latest installment of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Um, always remember two choices, one decision. I I will be back. You guys will continue to hear from me. Um. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Tune in. See you. Peace. Deuces.